Sports Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I want to welcome back to the program Dr. Chris Cooper. He is the Robert Lee Madison Distinguished Professor and Director of the Public Policy Institute at Western Carolina University. He's also the co-author of The Resilience of Southern Identity, Why the South Still Matters in the Minds of Its People. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, Pete. How are you? I'm all right. Did you get any sleep? Uh, I got about four hours of sleep. And nice. I'm glad I even got that much. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's good stuff. So this is uh, sort of the prep for the for the big uh, the big show in November. Um, although I guess it's not going to be quite as big a show because Madison Cawthorn's not going to be on the ballot in November. Chuck Edwards beating him barely. So first off, uh, did was it as close as you thought it would be? Uh, closer. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I thought Edwards would win. That's just not the case. I kept saying that it was unpredictable. I would Mm -hmm. use all the weasel words I could because I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, It was incredibly close, and I'm sure we'll get into this in a second, but it looks like Edwards only won three counties. It Mm -hmm. just happened to be the three counties that he represented in the North Carolina State Senate and three counties that added up to enough votes to get a victory out of the thing. So it was kind of pulled it inside straight and played it perfectly. Well, and I think being from Henderson County helped a lot, particularly when you're running against Madison Cawthorn from Henderson County, which is where his base of support was. That's right. Yeah, I think last time uh, I was on the show, we were having this very conversation about the why Henderson County was going to be key to this election. It was over four in every 10 votes Cawthorn got last round, so in 2020, was from his home in Henderson. And then he turns around and his top opponent is... None other than Chuck Edwards, who's won three elections in a row from Henderson County with over 60% of the vote every time. So it made sense. That was me, the battleground. And once the early vote did, it came back from Henderson. That's when I first thought Cawthorn really is in trouble here. Yeah, when I started looking at the math on it and you see Buncombe County, you see uh, Henderson County and just the the number of votes and that, that margin that Edwards had amassed. And then you start looking what other precincts are left in the surrounding counties, and they're all there are not a lot left, and there are not they are not very big precincts. And you start doing some back of the envelope math, and it's like I'm not sure Cawthorn's going to be able to piece together enough of those precincts, even if he wins all of them, which he kind of yeah. did. Uh, it just wasn't enough. He did. He won every county but three, and a lot of those late precincts he did well in, but. Like you said, these are not populous places. It's no secret that Buncombe County is the population center of Western North Carolina. Number two with a bullet is Henderson County. And in this election, with all these unaffiliated folks coming over to the Republican side, what that meant was that Buncombe County's population center, which may lean a little blue, actually kind of worked to Chuck Edwards' favor. So um, I see that there is uh, an explanation out there floating around on the Internet, so you know it's true, that Cawthorn uh, was targeted for demise by the establishment because he exposed them and their cocaine orgies. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? You can probably tell from my tone of what I think about that. I mean, look, the the beginning, the premise is correct. I mean, did the establishment target Madison Cawthorn? Absolutely. It was as clear as day they did it. They put hundreds of thousands of dollars behind it. He had every prominent Republican in the state of North Carolina essentially endorsing Chuck Edwards and coming out against Cawthorn. Uh, so, yes, the establishment came after Cawthorn. The question, I think, is the causal effect. 
and or the causal arrow. And I think I heard uh, Tom Tillis on, on your program uh, talking about uh, you know, Cawthorn sort of fired the first shot. He's the one who called Tillis a complete rhino and a terrible campaigner. That's not a great way to make friends with a really, really powerful person. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because it gives me a chance to say, yes, he was on my program. No, but no, it, <laughs> it, it actually is. It, it's one of the elements of that dynamic that I think a lot of people uh, look past, which is Tom Tillis is largely responsible for the takeover of the state government by Republicans in 2010. He was the one that went all around the state, pitching the slide decks to people, getting candidates, and that's why he became the Speaker of the House. So you're going to turn around and call him a rhino, and he's the reason why North Carolina has a Republican legislature for the last 12 years. Yeah, a rhino, and I would add to the same point, a terrible campaigner, somebody who became Speaker of the House, as you pointed out, flipped both chambers of the North Carolina General Assembly for the first time in 100 years and then won a contested U.S. Senate race. You can say what you want about Tom Tillis. I don't think you can call him a terrible campaigner with a straight face. Right, and and won re-election, too, um, in, an, yeah. in the Trump era, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it was just, I mean, Cawthorn's sins were, were numerous, and certainly everybody counted them, but the ones that I think mattered the most were leaving the district and coming back, and the reason for that is just, basic politics. When he left, he didn't have many challengers. He came back. Every challenger that did well last night came back, came in when he left. So he returned to the district. All of a sudden, instead of facing Wendy Navarez and Rod Honeycutt, he's facing Chuck Edwards. He's facing Michelle Woodhouse. He's facing Matthew Burrell, who actually did pretty well last night. Totally different game. And the other thing he did was to essentially give the finger to his own party for months and months and months. And people don't tend to take real kindly to that. Yeah, I mean, he goes from rising rock star and massive fundraiser for all sorts of Republicans, and then it all dries up. Um, yeah, and, yeah and, and I mean, that, and that's not an establishment thing. That's people who are also in the populist MAGA uh, tent that they didn't want to be around him either. No, that's exactly right. And, uh, I mean, look, Chuck Edwards went to CPAC. It's not like this guy is, you know, the next Bob Orr of, uh, of Republicans. Oh. Oh, you went deep on that one. Well, I, you know. I, that I is a reference. reference that, that is I a got reference. it. No, Bob Orr, former Republican uh, Supreme Court justice, and now he's uh, didn't he, he's he's one of the guys trying to get, or was trying to get, Cawthorn removed from the ballot uh, no, for an insurrectionism. Exactly. And a guy I like and respect an awful lot, but I think you'd be the first to say he is not a MAGA Republican. And so that is not Chuck Edwards. Chuck Edwards is a, he's a rock rib conservative. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and so that accusation that he was somehow a rhino just doesn't play very well for a guy with his voting record. All right. So what do you think then of the, uh, the Senate race, Bud McCrory, what did you make of that? I mean, look, it, it tells me that polling is still worth something because clearly we saw all the signs this was coming from the polling. Um, with that said, it was still, a little bit more of a shellacking than I even thought it would be. Um, you know, Bud won. He won big. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Mostly Donald Trump and Club for Growth money. I'm not saying that Ted Budd himself didn't have something to do with it. Of course he did. He's the candidate. Mm-hmm. But you take a candidate who's a good, solid Republican candidate in this environment without a lot of name recognition, 
and you supercharge them with a Trump endorsement and with club for growth money that, again, as I heard on your program, uh, you know, from Pat McCrory's own mouth, obviously made a huge difference in this race. Yeah. Any other surprises or takeaways? I know you're going to spend weeks, uh, you know, writing about all the different nuances of the election and stuff, but uh, anything else top line? You know, I, I think Bo Hines winning um, in the 13th, you know, for a guy who is not only not from that district, really moved there, I think maybe a month before the election took place, got the Trump endorsement. That was a big surprise. On the Democratic side, up in the first district, Erica Smith um, got beat pretty badly yeah. uh, by Davis. That was a surprise. And I got to say, I, I sort of thought Wiley Nickel would win on the Democratic side on the fourth, but I didn't think he would win by the margin. That he, excuse me, on the 13th, but the margin that he won by. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate your time, as always. We'll have you back soon, Dr. Chris Cooper from Western Carolina University and uh, co-author of The Resilience of Southern Identity, Why the South Still Matters in the Minds of Its People. Thanks, Chris. Always good to talk with you. Thanks, Pete. Hi, man. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Also, you can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com or hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender, where I've got uh, messages I shall now commence to read. This is from Kevin. He said, I was leaning towards voting for Mrs. Marjorie Eastman. She brags about being the political outsider. Her refusal and dance around the one simple question you asked her repeatedly was the epitome, though, of a career politician's answer. She's hiding something. No, vote for me. Um, then there was... Do, 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 hang on a second. Why won't you delete that? Okay. Then there's this one from Jonathan. He said, Pete, as a registered Republican, I was really surprised that my poll worker gave me the option of voting in the R or the D primary this morning. This was from yesterday. Um, Huh. I had always believed that only unaffiliated voters had this luxury. What gives? Uh, That is a very good question, Jonathan. If you are a registered Republican, you only get to vote in the Republican primary. So the poll worker made a mistake. Or was intentionally trying to steer you towards, like they either didn't think they didn't hear you correctly, whatever they made a mistake or they were trying to steer you towards one of the ballots, but doesn't seem like it worked. Uh, But yes, they were, they were mistaken. Um, Susan says, I realized my vote for McCrory might've been wasted when I heard you talk about the amount of money, the club for growth used to elect Ted Budd. Who are these people? But I voted for McCrory because I had heard nothing from Budd on his political focus. I voted for Trump twice. I would do it again. But just because he endorses a candidate, I still do research. Bud wouldn't debate, so I can't evaluate him. I can't wait to see how many of our citizens use their heads and common sense uh, today. Well, that was from yesterday as well, uh, last night. And uh, McCrory, he only won Mecklenburg. I think it was like 70 votes now. It's closed. He may end up not winning a single county when they count all of the uh, the absentee ballots and stuff when they get through with the canvas. Joseph says, I did not vote for old Ted. I voted for Walker, but I guess I will now. Credit to him for bringing up the fentanyl and the border in his acceptance speech since 
all Tom Tillis thinks about is Ukraine and Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> Speaking of dude bro, not sad to see him go, but kind of peeved that the libs are celebrating it. I hope Chuck Edwards turns into a Gosar slash MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and makes them regret it. He's he's not. Um, I've I've met Chuck and uh, Senator Edwards. I've I've watched him in uh, committee meetings and stuff. He is a, he's a business guy. He 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 owned. He worked his way from like literally, you know, fry guy at a McDonald's to end in, uh, ending up owning several McDonald's. He's a pillar of the community in uh, Henderson County. He's, you know, chamber guy and all of that. But he's a conservative. He And he tells this story. I was at an event where, uh, well, I not not to humble brag, but I was the headliner and he opened for me. Well... I shouldn't say that he, he was among there was it was during the election cycle. There were a bunch of elected officials there and candidates there who were pitching to this. Uh, it was the Blue Ridge Women's Blue Ridge Republican Women's Club. And uh, and so they had me uh, as the guest speaker and they always invite candidates. And so they all got to pitch and I let them all go first because there were like six or seven of them or something. And I said, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make all these people stick around and wait for me so you can have them go first. That's fine. Like I was an out of work radio guy. I was doing my podcast. I had plenty of time to kill. So (laughs) it's not that they opened for me, but I listened to his speech at the time and I talked with him a little bit afterwards and uh, his origin story to use a comic book term, his origin story was that he was watching. I think he said it was the vote on Obamacare. And that's what motivated him to get involved in politics. That, that's what prompted his uh, initial runs for office. And he kind of worked his way up through the state legislature and now through uh, into Congress. So, uh, but yeah, he's a conservative. You look at his record in the state legislature, he's a conservative. Do, 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 do. Let me see here. That was from Joseph. And now this is from, oh, this is from Dan regarding the up talkers. That's Credence. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. <laughs> yeah, I just need to say this. Madison Cawthorn did not lose because he exposed the coke-fueled orgies. Okay? That's not what happened. Now, he does have... What do we got here? Um, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Seven months... He's got seven months. If he would like to give us some of the names, as we have said, he should do. Name the names. right? If you really want to expose the establishment and the swamp, and you want to do that, and that's the reason why they targeted him and all that, okay. Give us the names. Who said it? Who was doing the key bumps of Coke? Who who are these people? Who Who are these mentors that you had that now you were so disillusioned by that, like you show up and, oh my gosh, they're doing coke orgies and such, but you won't say who they are. Well, now there's, like, you can go scorched earth. Go for it. Why not? Burn the swamp down, right? Why not? Do swamps burn? Actually, I don't know. 
You got to drain it first, maybe. Then you would burn it. Right. I don't even know how I got onto this website. The the LibertyDaily.com. It's a total ripoff of Drudge. But it's by some guy named J.D. Rucker. And this is what he wrote. And I've seen this sentiment being expressed by a lot of the uh, Cawthorn supporters. When Congressman Madison Cawthorn did not take the bait after being asked to participate in a Capitol Hill orgy, it became clear that the swamp was going to target him. They did just that and took him out in the Republican primary in North Carolina Tuesday night. This unfortunately sends a very clear message to new members of Capitol Hill. If the swamp can't control you, there, remove you. I can see no other reason other than the attacks from the establishment that could have taken down the popular America first freshman. I, I can see other reasons. Now, granted, I, I'm not completely out of touch with the district and far removed from its confines, but uh, I have some ideas about what might have led to that. First off, he had like 70% of the voters vote against him in his primary. That does not scream popular. When he says popular America first freshman, that does not scream popular. When seven out of 10 people are saying, yeah, you know what? We want somebody else. Not popular. Also, if he wants to take out the establishment and that, and that was his intent by making the comments on a, on a YouTube stream, right? Like some live stream interview or something where he made these, he made these comments, which I went over at the time, seemed, uh, seemed very, very close to the comments that Robin Wright made, the actress from House of Cards. But then when he was offered the opportunity to elaborate and explain, he did not. And this is part of the, this is part of the problem here. There are a lot of folks on the left who said, oh, I see. So Madison Cawthorn does all these bad things. But if you accuse um, the Republicans of, you know, having orgies and doing cocaine, well, now that's a bridge too far. All the other stuff wasn't bad to get him removed, but this is bad. Yeah, that's bad. Because put yourself in put yourself in the shoes of some no name ultra conservative. Let's say they're really, really conservative, MAGA, whatever, but a conservative Republican lawmaker from halfway across the country. And they're now going into their town halls or whatever, and they're holding, you know, meet and greets with voters. And their voters are now saying to them, tell us about the Coke-fueled orgies. Were you invited to any of these? And you're now having to answer for, for what this guy down in North Carolina said? Do you think that might cause some problems? Yeah. He basically accused, by not naming any names, he basically accused everybody in the Republican caucus. And they did not appreciate that. So, yeah, that'll engender some support or some... Uh, opposition, but also calling the architect of the Republican takeover of North Carolina in 2010, who has, as Chris Cooper mentioned earlier in the uh, in the program, who has, in fact, won many campaigns. Right. He uns- do you remember who Tom Tillis beat in order to go to um, the General Assembly? 
what was I'm trying to remember his last name now. His first name was John. Um but he was a he was a burr under the saddle. He was a very outspoken, very conservative, rabble rousing kind of a guy. Burr under the saddle for Jim Black. Former House Speaker, went to prison for corruption from Matthews. It's not no Bradford's the current guy. Oh my gosh, I can't I can't remember his name. But that's who Tillis beat. He ran. He was a uh, like a town councilman, and then he goes and he runs against John uh, somebody. Mm, it's on the tip of my tongue. And then he goes and lines up all of these candidates and the money and the the strategy to take over the state in a census year, so the Republicans get to control the map drawing, which then helps Republicans maintain control of the General Assembly. Until now, till this very day, he ran against Kay Hagan, an incumbent U.S. senator, knocked her off. He just won re-election in the Trump era. So I don't know. And I'm not saying this because, like, I'm a huge Tom Tillis fan. Yay, Tom Tillis. I'm not, that's not why I'm saying this. I'm saying this because this idea that he somehow was, you know, going after Cawthorn because of the cocaine orgy comment. No, Cawthorn went after him. Now, maybe you could say, all right, look, he, you know, he didn't deserve the kind of backlash that that Tillis uh, participated in. But I'm not so sure after all of those things, accusing everybody of of having the, the, the cocaine and the and the sex and such in the parties. Then then you turn around and call him a rhino and you're attacking these other Republican leaders in the state. That's what I mean. I don't even know what these terms mean for a lot of people any longer. Establishment versus America first, like Patrick McHenry, you heard his ads. He's voted more than any other congressional candidate. He's voted for Donald Trump's America first priorities. He's for all the, like number one, even more than Ted Budd. But is he establishment? I bet a lot of Trump supporters and Ted Budd supporters would say, yes, this is what I mean. I don't even like these terms anymore because it just seems like people throw them at other members of the party in order to denigrate their preferred candidates. I still come back to this thing with Cawthorn, and here's what uh, Christie said it. He attempted to change districts. He was an embarrassment, and I haven't fact-checked the uh, constituent services or voting against veterans that was mentioned in this other person's tweet here, but those wouldn't surprise me. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't in it for his own people. He tried to leave and they didn't let him return. Right. And I think that is that is such a powerful motivation for a lot of people. They see the guy that they just hired to help them. And the first thing he does is try to leave. Like, okay. Well, bye. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thank you. To whoever it was, whomever, whoever. To the person who called, John Rhodes was his name. I could not remember his last name. John Rhodes from North Mech. Uh, He was the uh, state lawmaker. He was a state representative that Tom Tillis beat um, and then ascended to the Speaker of the House and, and did all that. Right. So, again, Madison Cawthorn picked a fight. And he picked a fight with a great many people. 
And you could say that they deserved it because you don't like their position on a particular bill or bills or whatever. That's fine. I'm not arguing that at all. But this idea that he got taken out because he mentioned cocaine orgies? No. That is not why he lost. There are there look, I said this from the beginning. Any one of these scandals, these issues, these events, whatever. One, two, three of them, okay. You lump all of them together, and on top of that, you have him leave the district. That, to me, was the cardinal sin. And then everything else just became another straw on the back. All right. Um, I've got, hang on, i got some more to uh, do. Here is App Patriot Girl. She says, needless to say, I'm extremely disappointed that McFadden was reelected Mecklenburg County Sheriff. There's been no change on the website regarding concealed carry permits since the court order that said he has to issue them. The guys, look, he's slow rolling concealed carry permit approvals. Everybody understands this. Everybody knows it. He's violating the law, but nobody cares, apparently. I shouldn't say nobody cares. The Black Political Caucus doesn't care. The Democratic Party doesn't care. Even though concealed carry permit holders are apparently funding his little vote buying bus. I'm sorry, it's for the children. Right, sorry. The bus, right, right. The mobile classroom for the children. He's using that money. So, look, hey, maybe, maybe this is silver lining. That by taking the money from the concealed carry permit holders, using it to fund the vote buying bus, I'm sorry, the mobile classroom, sorry, mobile classroom, that maybe he'll start approving more of them in order to get more money. No, I'm kidding. He won't because he takes the money up front. Exactly. You just take the money up front and then you can just slow roll the process. So you take the money and never actually provide the service. It's like a win-win for him. At Patriot Girl says, uh, I guess he thinks he's above the law and it's starting to look like he is right. No. Hey, look, I thought that the Democratic Party cared about people in the jail, as he calls them, the residents. Right. He doesn't like calling them inmates. He likes calling them residents. Um, to which Mark uh, Marquise Robinson, I think, was his name. The one of the challengers. I have it here in the stack. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the name. Look, I'm running on like four hours of sleep here. Five hours. Actually, I had five hours of sleep. I should not lie about the amount of sleep I had. Here it is. Um, yeah, Marquise Robinson. See that? I. This is what happens. I don't get enough sleep. And it's not that I'm wrong. It's that I doubt myself. All right, so Marquise Robinson, he said, hey, look, uh, you don't call them residents because a resident has a key and can leave. And he's right. But I thought that the Democratic Party and the Black Political Caucus of Charlotte-Mecklenburg, I thought that they cared about these residents. Apparently not. They're just fine with, like, a lot of them dying all the time. Okay. I, I mean, that is one way to go. Um, right. Yeah. You just arrest the people, throw them in the jail and then they die. Oops. That's a real, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it does make some bit of sense him being a former homicide detective that, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a cheap shot with 98% of the precincts reporting incumbent Mecklenburg Sheriff Gary McFadden easily overcame his two democratic challengers in the primary. 
Well, yes, he did overcome both of them. But keep in mind here, folks, this was the Democrat primary. And he got, what, 51 percent of the vote? So 49 percent of the Democrats voting chose not Gary. I'd be worried if the Republican Party had any candidate whatsoever, they may have. No, I'm just kidding. They would not have had a shot. But they the the Republicans need to they need to field somebody against this guy. And the D.A., I don't know why I don't understand why they don't even put candidates up when they don't have any challengers. They just get to they get to dominate in their primary and they they don't get asked any of these challenging types of questions because they were all on sort of the same side of the political spectrum. So they agree on the big issues and there's no forcing them to answer questions at a, 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 about philosophy, right? Because they tend to all agree. I mean, in this case, in the sheriff's race, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he would like the sheriff's office to do a great many things that the sheriff's office doesn't do while ignoring the core thing that the sheriff's office is supposed to do. This is one of the things about lefties. It really is. <laughs> that you, you have a mission. Here's your role. This is the proper role of the government, this agency uh, or this branch or this body. This is the proper role and duties that we have ascribed to this government entity. And then the lefties get in there and they're like, okay, well, what else can we do with all this power? And then they lose sight of the original core mission. See Charlotte City Council, Mecklenburg Board of Commissioners, Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed, too. I voted against him. I never win. I never. My candidates never win. It's the cross I bear.